Hello, 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 and welcome to the Beautifully Nasty Podcast. Oh my god, I I don't know how annoying that intro is for everyone. I I hope that it's uh, uplifting and brightens people's day. That that was the point of it. But recently, someone imitated it for me, and I was like, oh, I don't know if. I'm going to take that as a compliment or if it just made me really cringe. But, you know, we're we're trying to stay uh, as happy as we can out in these streets and it's hard. So if you're having a bad day, try to listen to some of my podcasts and I, I hope it brings a smile on your face. And if it doesn't brighten your day, then it will make you laugh for sure. Either one is good. Now, I want to give a shout out to one of our super fans. He's from Boston, like Ellie and I. Ellie's the guest on the show today. But shout out to Jimmy, who is, um, he's in Florida right now. He got sick there, so he's been recovering down there, and we've been waiting for him to come back home. I just want him to know that we're all thinking of him. We hope that he has a speedy recovery and that uh, we can't wait for him to be back. He's been listening to the podcast uh, while he's been down there to kind of brighten up his spirits. And when I found that out, that that just made my day. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Jimmy. Can't wait for you to be home. I am so excited for this episode today. It is with producer of the show, Ellie Brigida. She is one of my best friends and she's the reason why this podcast was able to happen. So she's a pretty important person in the Beautifully Nasty community team. And she just like her, all the advice that she gives about the social media world is so on point and just like relatable and she gives you advice and it's just it, she makes you laugh she's she's just so freaking great at this it's like she does it for a living she has three podcasts so this is really her thing so i knew she was going to kill the episode but mostly just excited for everyone to hear it so yeah let's just get to it she's she's amazing so without further ado just here is my wonderful friend the producer of this show and one of the most talented people I've ever met, Ellie Bridget. All right, here we go. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Beautifully Nasty podcast. And I have today a very, well, I don't even know why I'm introducing you to be like, welcome to the podcast, Ellie. This is partially your podcast. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. I feel beautiful and nasty. Uh, that's exactly what I wanted you to feel. So thank you. Thank you for being. You've created the perfect environment to be beautiful and nasty. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you for being here for additional time. Have I'm so excited. <laughs> I know. I have I have heard all the episodes. I have edited all of the episodes. Yes. So for, we have yes. worked together. Ellie is um I talk about you a lot, actually. I feel like I always reference you. Um as you should. Yes, as I should. Um she is the producer of this podcast. Without her, this would not be possible because I didn't know shit about podcasts, but Ellie does. So 
And now you do. And now now I do, but I still am learning and growing. Thank you, Ellie, for You're welcome. teaching. Um have a long way to go. But uh either way, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do? Because you do a thousand different things. Honestly, whenever somebody asks me who I am and what I do, it's the hardest question to answer. I was but trying I will- to think, like, what how do you how do you start this? I will really try. But okay. in the context of this podcast, I think I can give a good intro. My name is Ellie Brigida. I am a podcaster and musician, but uh, and I like to combine those two things. So I have multiple podcasts. I have three of my own podcasts. One of them is called Less Hangout. That was my first podcast ever and my longest standing podcast. We, we've been on. We love Less Hangout. Everyone. <laughs> Like, subscribe if you are not. Yes, check us out. Mm -hmm. If you are a part of the LGBTQ community, we are for you. If you are not a part of the LGBTQ community, we also are for you. I would highly recommend listening to our Should Have Been Gay episodes uh, (laughs) where we talk about things that are not gay but would be better if they were. Mm, Like, And there's a lot of things. Um, Bring It On is always the first one that comes to my mind. Yes. It's just so gay. It is Missy and Torrance should have been endgame. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. Thank you. Oh my god. Thank you for saying that right now. You are so welcome, and thank you for validating me in those thoughts. Holy shit. Um, yes. I don't think I'm the only one, and that's why people listen to our show. <laughs> um, I also have another podcast called Sweet Bitter. That's all about the history of Sappho, who was the first female poet writer in the Western tradition and also a big queer woman. (laughs) So, of course, there's a common theme between these podcasts. And the final podcast that I'm working on right now that I'm very excited about combines all of my passions, which is The Flame, an original podcast musical. It is an original musical set in a gay bar, all about chosen family. I am producing it, singing in it, starring in it and created it so it's my baby and it's very exciting did everyone hear that she's doing it all and i i have to plug the flame because i've kind of been in ellie's studio while my studio has been creating the songs um going over the script and i'm oh my god it's so freaking good so Everyone, if you're into musicals and that's your thing, please, please go follow The Flame because it's going to blow up. It's going to be really big. They have some great performers. Ah, Yes, I know. I buried the lead on the talent, too. We have Tony nominee Jen Mm Colella in it, which is wild to like sit in a Zoom session coaching her vocally when she's phenomenal. Uh, Chalina Kennedy, who was in Broadway's Beautiful. Jasmine Savoy Brown, who you might have seen in HBO's Leftovers. She's also going to be in the new Scream film. Like the cast is wild. <laughs> and Ellie's wild. The lead. And Ellie's the lead because she's <laughs> a star. So I, you, it just the Ellie. Thank you for being here because you thank are. Thank you for having me. <laughs> because you are just you're the best. You're you're. She's doing. And so a lot. are you. <laughs> And that's why I'm I'm producing this show because the best attract the best. That's how it is, you know? Hey, I love that. <laughs> I love that. So, uh, as you know, because you know, we're all talking about self-love these days. Um, how did your self-love process go in general? 
especially, I mean, I've known Ellie for a while now, but uh, did you feel like when you were trying to come out, your self-love was affected by being in the closet or was it not even related to being queer? That is, I mean, it ha- yes. I mean, I think for most people, your self-love is, is affected by being in the closet. I mean, you're, you're not letting one honestly huge part of yourself be visible. Um, I remember, I mean, you like, like Bianca said, you have, you knew me prior to me coming out and after, I don't want to say like, I was a generally happy person before I came out as well. Like, yeah, I like, I loved my friends. I had I was very involved in music. I loved singing. I loved performing. I had things that I really cared about in my life. And I had things that were tied to my self-worth that did not necessarily have to do with dating at all. So like my sexuality wasn't really tied into me feeling like I was a really good performer or me feeling like I was a good friend, all of those things. However, I do feel like I have a friend, Amelia, who you also know. Mm-hmm. Um, she always says, like, <laughs> I hated straight Ellie and I love gay Ellie. And I know, like, <laughs> it sucked that she hated me before. But there's something that was, like, inherently inauthentic about me prior to coming out in certain situations. Sure. Uh, because... Like, I couldn't really have authentic relationships with people when I didn't really understand how I felt about them. Mm. Like, there were some people I had huge crushes on. And so my entire, like, relationship with that person was tinged by this crush that I honestly could barely even acknowledge. And so I'd I'd act really weird around them or, like, do things that were toxic mm-hmm. because I didn't truly understand how I felt about them. And so I couldn't deal with those feelings. Does that make sense? Oh, completely. I mean, I feel like I saw that. Yes. I mean, we don't need to talk about who. <laughs> no, no. Oh, we're not. We're not spilling the tea that much. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, you saw me like the way that I would interact with some women around mm-hmm. me was like very much. I was craving intimacy with these women Mm -hmm. and like could get it in some ways because we were friends and female friendships are intimate in some ways. Oh yeah. But definitely caused a lot of miscommunications in my relationship because I didn't even know how to communicate how I was feeling. Mm -hmm. I was just like, oh, you hung out with someone else and that annoys me because I'm so (laughs) mad. Like, why am I mad? Like, it doesn't matter that you're like going on a date with this boy, go have fun. (laughs) But me, I'm like, he, why are you like spending time with this man who means nothing? And I am the beat, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So totally. So I do think, (laughs) long story short, that tinges all all of your relationships. Mm -hmm. Totally. You can't, yeah, you can't separate it. Yeah, and, and I know everyone's wondering if Ellie had a crush on me when as a friend, but you <laughs> I'm know. I'm so sorry, Bianca. Like- <laughs> and to be fair, I didn't have a crush on Bianca, so I feel like that's why we could have been such good friends. Yes. <laughs> so it's a positive. I'm sorry, Bianca, but. <laughs> that was the first time Ellie, or when Ellie came out to me, I was very 
we were driving in the middle of a storm. She had strep throat. We were driving home to Boston and she told me at just a weird time, I almost drove off the road, not because I was shocked and like, I obviously happy that she was coming out, but it was just like, I, I, the way she said it was so like, you said it in like, yeah, school is fine. I feel sick right now. Um, I think I'm gay. And like, I am going home for Christmas. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? what? What's that thing in there? <laughs> and you were like, yeah. And I was like, whoa. I swear to God. Let me like, not drive of, off the road. Some of the people I told started laughing because they like literally thought I was joking just because of my delivery. Yes. Like yes. I had a hard time like just like saying it without a smile on my face. And they're like, I'm uncomfortable. That's why I'm smiling. But they're like, are you? Are you is this a, a It's okay if it's not a joke. But, like, right. I really can't tell. Right. Yes. And then <laughs> I'm like, sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. And it, I'm so happy when that happened. I was like, yeah. And then I was, of course, vain and was like, do you have a crush on me? <laughs> and I was like, sorry, Bianca. She's I do like, not. No. I love you so much. <laughs> but, but not it, in that way. No, it's a good thing because our friendship it's, is very strong. Because Exactly. It's far better this we've way. We've never mixed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have once, but it was acting, so it wasn't real. It was acting. Oh, yeah, that was... Share the footage. Share the footage. Cue the footage. Oh, no. Oh, my God. We... we. Should I... Am I allowed to say it? I don't even know if it's... I don't know, because it's still under wraps. We okay. were in a project that is not to be named where we played a couple. Mm-hmm. So that's all we're going to say. And it was really... I think we have good on-screen chemistry. Yeah, it was steamy. It was, it was. steamy. It felt like I was watching someone who's not me. And I was like, oh, that's good. You know? I was like, now I bet you wish you had a crush on me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We were like very like, whoa, this is happening. Right yeah, now. we were very like, I feel like we were very like awkward in the moment. But we were like, I guess yeah, we're doing we're this. Like, I have to disassociate right now. And just, yeah. Like, it's I think I blacked out. That's why when I saw the footage, I was like, oh, that was good. Okay. We look good. So, yeah. So, either way, like, I I felt super happy for you when you did come out because I, it's like, I, I didn't feel like you were that different, but there was this sense of, like, release and freedom. It was like, yes. it's not like you were being someone else when you were. Yes in the closet, but you just like you, I feel like you started to flourish. And one of the things that I love most about this whole journey for you is that you really became like an advocate for the queer community. Like you, you embrace, it wasn't even like you were like, I'm, I just came out. I'm gay. I, you know, you literally like, like, it's a part of me, but it doesn't matter. I'm like, right. I like, this is me. And this is who I'm going to like present fully to the world and I freaking love that I love that so much and like and I just see that with within you and so I well I saw it within you and now and then it was shown um to the whole world finally and uh with Les Hangout I think it's just like a prime example of like you being so comfortable with yourself that you wanted to help others become comfortable with themselves Yes, 100 mm-hmm. percent. Um, and and that was a big reason why I started the podcast itself is because I feel like when I came out and 
I feel like it is truly so much better now, which is so incredible. Yes. But when I came out, I like really felt like there were very few people that I could look to that like looked like me and had my experiences. And therefore, because I couldn't see it, it took me a really long time to come out because like I didn't see anyone like me out there. So like I couldn't even process that like, hey, maybe you are a lesbian. Like to me, it was like, and there's nothing wrong with like the stereotype. Well, there are things wrong with the Mm -hmm. stereotypes of lesbians, but the lesbians you would see were more butch presenting, were, you know, just they really did not look like me. And and I felt like it was like, oh, they like hated men and blah, blah, blah. And like there were men who were very nice to me and I dated men who were nice and I liked them enough. Mm-hmm. Right. And, mm-hmm. and and I was like, oh, I guess, you know, I guess it's just not the right man, quote unquote. And I feel like I really didn't come out until I saw people like me and I didn't even see people like me until I went to Wagner. Like mm-hmm. and I met other queer women at Wagner. And it's also like the people that you see are like movie stars or like they're usually not even like now we're really focusing on LGBTQ representation in film. Like Mm -hmm. if there's a if there's a queer actress, they're playing a queer role, which is amazing. But I feel like it was like this fetishized version of lesbianism. Like it wasn't me. And so for me, I wanted to start Les Hang Out to like show that there's just like people who are living their lives and here are the experiences that they're having and like let's interview them let's talk to them let's talk to as many different types of them as we can so that someone could listen and say oh that's just a normal person who's like me not like that's someone like so far removed on my television screen who's like me but like that's not me how beautiful is that people like (laughs) come on now that's i that's just that's the shit that i love honestly in life (laughs) like i'm just like can we all just like help each other out and you know not so we don't feel alone which is the reason why I did this podcast so I just I love that and I it's when you were talking I was thinking about did you I always felt like gay men were more uh around me or uh open than gay females what do you mean at Wagner College or like in no, life? I think in life, like I felt like a lot of what I was seeing in uh, the theater scene slash uh, I, I really rarely saw representation of gay women in films, if unless it was like two drunk girls kissing. And, you know, yes. like, that's what that was represented. And so it wasn't until I think you came out that I started to think about that more because it yeah, really, I mean, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not talked about as much as it is with gay men, to be honest. Gay men are constantly in media and, and honestly, I want them to be like, I would never say like, Hey, less gay men in media, but I can agree. There should be more queer women in media. Yes. Like to, because it is like, I think it is far more, you're right. It's far more common in media for us to see gay men represented. It's far, I don't know if people, if studios think it sells better. I don't know, but like, it just, it just is. They're far, and and gay men ha- have their own issues. Like, mm-hmm. I would never say, like, 
gay men have a lot of issues like with self-image, mm-hmm. with coming out themselves, with homophobia, with like violence against them. But they definitely are portrayed more in the media. So you see more of them and you see maybe more types of them. And queer films that feature women tend to be lower budget, like harder to find. You're like searching. Yeah, you're searching (laughs) the depths. Like when I first came out, it's basically like the L word, which is like our holy grail Bible and is not without issues. Um, But like it's it's the most it's the most queer women you will see on a screen in the same like piece of media yeah that we really have we have had some more um mainstream representation i could go on for like years about representation because that's what our entire podcast is about um but i remember when i first came out i watched the l word with some queer friends of mine who were helping me like learn everything and i searched on netflix and found like the like five indie queer films that we ever had and they're so like i i feel for i i mean at this point i know some of these directors now like i've talked to them and i'm like i feel for these women who wanted to put us on screen and some of them wrote incredible stories which is why we still watch these low budget indie films because we're seeing our stories on screen mm-hmm. but they don't get the studio backing and they're struggling to get that rep made and yet it's so important to so many queer women yes 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 and uh i think this is a great transition or into the social media aspect of this episode that i wanted to talk to you about because uh media is how we find information out and what's in the media what's what we're consuming is what it what goes into our it, it, it affects our lot, our everyday life, our opinions, our our mental health. So what you're saying basically is if there's no queer women in the media, then you have literally zero representation. How does that how would that make anyone feel? That would make me feel like shit. Like I yes. would, you know, I, and so I, I understand why you started this podcast and you started kind of this movement for queer women, because I do think you you were a part of it the past few years, um, because I, I didn't notice any representation until I started listening to your podcast and the, you know, the random indie films that you guys would talk about. And it wasn't until like, I feel like the past year, maybe um, that Kristen Stewart. Uh, yep. Happiest season. That was. It, but that's only the past year that I've mm-hmm. started to see uh, queer women in the mainstream uh, media. Yes. And it has like, that's what I, why I'm saying like it, I'm, I am quite grateful to see the shift. Um, but like to talk about social media, I think that's where it starts. And that's like why as let's hang out, we were like, okay, we're not, We're not a Hollywood funded film, right? We're just two people who want to get a message out there. And as much as social media can be toxic, I have found such success with social media, but also like a, I do feel like in a way it is an equalizer because for me, it was like, okay, 
we're nobodies. And like, you know, I'm a, I'm a somebody to myself, but in the grand scheme of like, if I'm starting a podcast and I'm a famous actor, I'm obviously at a different level than I'm a person who records in my room and just has this message. Mm -hmm. We created a community through social media like social media is a way that queer people have found each other since the invention of social media. <laughs> like if you go back to like MySpace, Tumblr, Tumblr is like the place where like so many <laughs> queer women <laughs> met each other. And like people will talk about like um, in the queer community, we talk a lot about chosen family. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously a lot of people's families are not supportive. Mm -hmm. And so the most important thing to you as a queer person is like you get to pick who your family is and you get to choose like who are the people that you want to support you. And if you live in the middle of nowhere where there are like no gay bars, no places to go out to find people, how are you going to find community? You go online and you go to social media. And so as much as there are some negatives of social media, for me, the huge positive of social media is that now, queer women are visible on social media. You have people on YouTube, people on TikTok. Like, YouTube was, I feel like, where, like, the, the like, celesbian was created. Oh. <laughs> the definition. Do you want the definition of celesbian? I, I do. Educate me. So, celesbian is a celebrity lesbian. Ah. Yes. But I feel like there's a connotation of it that it's, like, a, a media celebrity lesbian. So, like, a YouTuber a content creator lesbian. Mm. Okay. So there's like, you know, a lot of queer women on YouTube who said, okay, people aren't going to pay for my content, but you know what? Who will watch it? Other queer women. So let me make it and let me make it for them and not for anyone else, for them. And then you get an audience and then you can prove to the people higher and higher up in the rungs that people care. And so I feel like social media is the first step to that. As you talk about, like, the movement. Yes. There have been all kinds of queer content movements on social media. I don't know if you know about any of them. Uh, I mean, no. I can I, tell you more if you want. Yeah. It is sort of cool. No, please, please. So have you heard of the show Sense8? Yes. Have you seen it? I've seen a couple episodes. Okay, so Sense8 had I think two seasons on Netflix yep. and after the second season it got canceled um a variety of reasons it was very expensive to make like if you've seen it it's like filmed in a million different cities mm -hmm. like it's a very cool cool show has incredible queer rep uh trans actress Jamie Clayton um there's a gay male couple it has like there this the sensate cluster in itself is like this interesting poly concept. Um, but so people on social media started this big campaign of like bring back Sense8. Like it means the world to us to see that representation. And they made enough noise that Netflix pulled together enough funding for a two hour series finale. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the social media movement brought enough attention they said okay enough people want to see this it's worth funding and they didn't have enough money to fund another season but at least they got like 
the wrap up that they wanted, right? Yes. You're like watching the series and you're like, wait, we need, <laughs> we need, we more. need, like you ended and we have no clue what's happening. So they did like this nice wrap up. It ends with a, with a lesbian wedding. Like it's, it's really incredible uh, queer representation. And like that all happened because of social media. Mm-hmm. And there have been a bunch of other ones. Winona Earp's another one where they were getting canceled. People banded together on social media and literally sent money to one particular source. I don't know who did it. And they bought a billboard in Times Square together to renew the show that has really positive lesbian rep. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's a very cool place to see people come together to fight for the things that and the representation that they think is important. Totally. And so now I feel like it's to the point um, I where I think being gay is very and liberal. We'll say we'll say liberals in areas. certain circles. Yes. yes. Certain, it's very much like you don't think it's just like, OK, yeah, like, I, yeah, that's normal. That's very mm-hmm. normal. Um, I feel like it almost has like people are like coming out as like bisexual and wait to try to be a part of the the I don't and you can correct me if I'm wrong um so I feel like I would argue that more people are coming out like actually so bisexual as an umbrella is the largest part of the LGBTQ community so like the most people in the LGBTQ community identify as bisexual mm-hmm. um and I do feel like a lot of people are coming out as bisexual because because they feel free to. And that's yes. so exciting to me mm-hmm. um, because like I don't think they're like I don't I feel like there's a narrative that it, well, I don't track. Yeah, and, and no, and that I, that's what I wanted to bring up because I, I've read stuff about this and I've seen like comments online um, about like, oh, this person is just uh, with like whatever an influencer of sorts like she's just with another girl because it's like cool right now or like that's the thing to do and i'm like oh like i hate that people's minds go in that direction like can people just love who they want to love i really like come on now exactly and like i do feel like it's not like it's like people i feel like are like chicken and the egging it right it's like the more open social media is the more open the world is of course the more people are going to come out like, of course, and they're like, oh, well, where have all these gay people been before? They've been hiding been because hiding. it hasn't been okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, they're not just, like, coming out of the woodwork because it's cool. Like, yes. that's just such bullshit. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm glad we talked about this because I was <laughs> I was actually reading, some, like, someone comments on someone's picture um, last night. And I was like, oh, people are so mean. And I think yep. that's the part of social media that um is damaging yes is the is the hate that it can mass produce i think yeah and i think like especially for the lgbtq community it can be really like that's why building that community and finding those people that you really trust is so important because you're not gonna be shielded from criticism if anything you know you come out and that means you're open for people to say whatever they want about. I mean, they shouldn't, but like that means you are open for people to say whatever they want about you and they will. 
on your social media. And number one, I just, I really truly hate that that is a toxic place that we get into Mm. because like, I always want to see the best in people, even through social media. And it can be really hard to see those negative comments. Um, And like, I think it's just like, as a person who's receiving those comments, if you are a person who's listening to this podcast episode and you're receiving negative comments about your sexuality, just know that like, that's that person's problem Mm -hmm. and not yours. Yep. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think that is also why people are still scared to come out. Mm -hmm. Like it's not, it's not like, oh, people are going to come out and they're only going to get positive things. Like it, it can be really difficult, but the positives, I think from a perspective of someone who has come out, Mm -hmm. the positives are going to far outweigh the negatives and you have to just take all the negativity that people are throwing at you and like delete it, delete it, block it. Like Mm -hmm. they don't, you do not need to engage with them. You really don't. Totally don't. No, no, no. And and I think that uh, in general, the negativity that can come with social media has started this self-love movement that's now Mm -hmm. happened during quarantine because all we had with each other was the the internet or, you know, our phones to communicate, to see each other on social media platforms. Like, that's how we felt like we were not alone. So I think the self-love movement started with that. And, um, and that was that I, that's great because I think it's kind of trying to go away from the cancel culture and be like, okay, like let's start creating these platforms where people can be free the way that they want to be free and Mm -hmm. how they want to express themselves. And I've, and I've noticed like not only myself, but other people, like I had such a, I've talked about this before, but I had such an anxiety about posting on line. Like I was just like, I, I don't know. I don't know what to write. I don't know. Uh, does this look good? I, I would second guess everything. So then it was to the point where I was like, I just was like, I'm just not going to do it. So now it's like, I'm just being a creep and looking at everyone's stuff. Like I'm not even <laughs> active. Like what? Um, and And I think that when I started dealing with everything and embracing the things that I loved about myself and also embracing the things that I didn't and being very open about it, I was like, oh, wait, I kind of like social media. Like, I don't have that anxiety anymore because it's turning into this platform where I I don't really care what other people think. I just want to express myself for who I am. And if you like it, awesome keep on listening yeah um and if you if you don't well yeah there's millions and trillions of people on this on these apps so whatever you know yes um so it's kind of it's been really nice for me to see people I think during quarantine kind of like embrace their shit and what they're going through and talk about it and express it and then show what they got out of it um at least for me that's what I've enjoyed Yeah. I mean, I love that. I love that concept of just like, if you can create social media itself, right, is like, can be quite inauthentic, Mm -hmm. right? But if you can say intentionally, when I post on social media myself, I will try to be as authentically me as I can be. 
so that whatever I'm posting feels like me and feels like, yeah, the people that I care about will enjoy it. And the people that I don't, like, don't matter. (laughs) I always think about it as, I mean, you said a lot of things in there that I really vibe on. Mm -hmm. Um, Vibey. Yes. Um, (laughs) But I, the one thing that I always think about as a creator, because as a creator, you're making things that are like, you're spending hours and hours and hours working on this thing. And then you put it out there and people only see it for the final product. Yes. They don't see the countless hours, your days, months you've been spending on it. Well, even like with the flame for you, like I feel like I've seen the back end of it because, you know, I come to your recording studio. I'm like, oh, my God, like I'd see all the sheet music. I'd see the script. You being like, I have, I'm I'm like, put, I'm uh, composing like three more songs. I have to record this. And it's so much time. But then it's put out on the internet and and it's like 17 minutes long exactly <laughs> right and and i mean i'm very proud of it but like if we have trolls at any point like i always just have to think like okay if this person made a musical okay if this is like a composer of a musical if they have put in all the work to make their own art Maybe I'll listen to what they say as criticism, as, okay, did I did I do something here that I should have changed? Mm-hmm. Can I be open to that? If they are a person who's, like, not creating art, mm-hmm. they are just a troll. <laughs> like, what? You know, like... And, they are and, just a troll. And you, and you well, can't pay attention to them. Like, you really... No. Like, for your mental health, if, like, if one... Do you know the um do you know the show title of show? Yes. Um I always think about um you know that song. Uh what is it? Nine people's favorite thing? Uh yes, I, I think I'd rather that, be nine yeah, people's favorite uh-huh, thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I just always live by that with the less hang out thing. Like I would truly rather be nine people's favorite podcast musical than a hundred people who are like, this is like my tenth favorite thing. Right. And so like I care about the 10 people who are obsessed with it and I don't particularly care about the one or two people who might give us negative feedback. And I have to like I'll take criticism, but I will not allow myself to like take troll social media criticism. Yes, I think that's I just can't. Yeah, I think that's really great advice in general for people who are putting their content out on social media, using it for their business, because I learned that from you with the podcast, like you, you told me like, listen, it's not about how many people you get to follow. It's not about the numbers, at least, especially with the message that I'm sending. It's about the people who it reaches. And if it's Mm -hmm. just a few people, then those that's fine because you reach people who care about who want to listen and want to support and want to get better and need help. Like those are the people you want to create content for. And that's kind of what I feel like personally, that's what fuels me and staying with this whole project in general is that, you know, cause it's been hard. It's hard to juggle a, a podcast, you know, when you're not making money and you're in the beginning stages, you're trying to build this like, 
community. Um, mm-hmm. So it's really, I would always think of that, like you saying that, being like, okay, you know what? But I'm doing it for the people who have supported me throughout this journey, who are listening, who are feeling better about themselves or, you know, having a bad day. And then they're like, okay, let me listen to this. Let me listen to the Beautifully Nasty podcast. It will help me feel better. Like, like I agree. Do you want to tell the story that my mom told you today? I, (laughs) I'm like, am I, I'm going to cry. I'll cry. (laughs) Um, But I think it's important to, yeah, it's important. Well, okay. Um, Ellie's, I, uh, I was over Ellie's house today. I dyed her hair. If you're watching, if you end up watching the video, I dyed (laughs) her hair. Hit me up if you need any sort of do done. I am your girl. She looks amazing. Um, True. And so uh, her mom, who is just shout out to Jeannie. Because I know she's... Hi, Mom. She'll definitely listen to this. She's she's one of my biggest fans. (laughs) No, she really... She's just like... uh, She needs a podcast. We've talked I about- keep trying to make her something. We'll get there. We'll get she's there. She's a character, um, but she's an amazing, amazing human. And she went to Florida uh, recently um, to help one of Ellie's cousins, who I also know. Um, he was sick. And so she went to go take care of him. And he was having trouble sleeping. Was that at yeah, night? He was having a hard time sleeping. And so she was like, let's listen to something. And then they started <laughs> listening to Bianca's podcast. And it really cheered him up. And he was having a rough time and he was listening to Bianca's podcast and it made him happy. So that's what matters. <laughs> yeah, that's literally I. Oh, my God. Sorry. Um, <laughs> it's whew. fine. Let I'm I'm crying as well. Yeah, the, like, <laughs> uh, I mean, that's why we did this. Like, that's literally why we did this. Yeah. And and that's, yeah. And that's how I try to look at social media mm-hmm. as well. Of, like, you can think of social media as this big machine, which, like, you know, some, like, social media agencies are, like, how do we get the most conversions? How do we get the most followers? How do we, like, pay for Facebook ads? Blah, blah, blah. To me, like, it's people. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have... Like, I mean, we could talk, whatever. I'm like, we have a lot of followers for Let's Hang Out. But, and that's awesome. That's great because that means we're reaching more people individually. Mm -hmm. That's what I care about. I care that people are reaching out in our DMs and people are saying, I listened to the show and it made me feel less alone. Like, that's important whether it's three people or whether it's 11,000 people. Like, that's important. And so, like, if you're constantly thinking about social media in a people first way, I always think you're going to be successful no matter what your follower count is. Yes, I think that is the best advice to take from this episode if you're going to take anything and you want to try to change the narrative of what social media means for you and your even personally, like, you know, like. You can the people who want to who want to be a part of your life. I feel like this is so cliche, but it's it's actually so true. It's like the pe- you shouldn't have to beg people to follow you and be like, like, put this really filtered version of yourself, like doing like sipping my cup of coffee and like just, you know, relaxing on my um my Tuesday morning. Oh, it's going to be a great day. And then once the picture's taken, it's like, ugh. 
here I go. It's like the worst day of it's your the life. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's like, oh, I have to take more pictures of myself and more. Co- like that's I don't want to see that. I don't I don't want to. I don't I'm not drawn to that. I don't necessarily want to support that. I want to support people who are living authentically and being comfortable with what they're posting about themselves because that's like that's the feed that when I'm scrolling through I'm like oh yeah like like it's just like I I have have this random picture of like your dog and like you know and I'm like yes "Yes, that's that just made me feel so much better I I don't know like things things like that like I love when I see when I have that my feed is full of just people who are like talking about their ups and downs but being authentic about it not to say like yeah. everyone puts filters everyone edits things but it really is it is true that this filtered life that everyone thinks is real it's just not it's, it's not just so yes. not it's so not it's so not i will say too like yeah just try to be as close as you can to your authentic self i know obviously like we still i mean we talk about this with this with less hangout it still is a bit of a persona, right? Yes. Like, it's it's like, it's not like every time I get on for a podcast episode and, and like we're, we are there to make someone laugh, to make someone happy. And not every day that I'm there to make someone laugh and be happy, am I happy, <laughs> right? Right. But I think it's just about like being authentic where you can and also knowing that like, you know, putting on a happy face and, and like laughing through this episode is authentic for me because I do want to make the people who are listening happy, mm-hmm. right? But like, I'm not maybe going to be, I'm not going to be saying every horrible thing that's been happening in my in my life. Right. But how can I be as authentic as I can while still getting the message across that I want to, which is like for me with my social media is like, you are not alone, mm-hmm. right? And like, you're not alone. And like, I'm also going to make you laugh. How can I get that across while being authentic? And like, that's, that's it. Yeah, no, I, that's, that's, that's what I love to see, Elbel. That's <laughs> what I love to see from you. I, I was, um, I feel like what you were just saying resonated with me because I was on such a high when I was like, launching the podcast, putting it out there, getting all the feedback, like the momentum was going. And I was like, yeah, like I was really living this like positivity that I had not felt in so long, like really authentic positivity. And I was like, I really hope I'm not that toxic positivity person because I know that's really annoying when it's like being shoved in your face. But I was really happy. Like this podcast made me so happy talking to the guests um, hearing people's feedback and what what helps them. And it just has been, it's been so great. But life happens. And, you yep. know, I was, I was very, I struggled during the month of March. Like March was one of the worst months for me. And I was like, I was contemplating like, ooh, like I know I have to be posting, but I really don't feel good. So, mm-hmm. and I also don't necessarily want to talk about it. So I felt this like inner, like, do I post what I'm going through or do I, do I just post and pretend like I'm okay? Like I I was, I was really struggling with it, but then I decided I was like, you know what? And I talked about it on the podcast. I'm like, 
this has been a month for me. This has not been a good month for me. Like, yes, we're not. And like you said, like, not every day is positive. Not every month is positive. Not every experience is going to be positive. But, you know, you try to show the authentic side side that you want to express and you keep the other things in that maybe you don't want to talk about. But that's also like to me, that's a big boundaries thing, which I think is really, really important with social Mm -hmm. media, which is like, okay, what is the part of myself? Like, what is the part of myself that I want to share with the world? Mm -hmm. And, And what are the parts of myself that are reserved for the private people in my life? Exactly. And that's also fine. Right. And that doesn't mean that the parts of myself that I'm sharing are inauthentic. Like they still are parts of myself that are authentic. I'm just maybe not sharing other parts that are just more private. And I think that's like, that's just having boundaries as a human being. Like there's there's friends you talk to about certain things and don't talk to about other things. Does that mean that I'm not being honest with one friend? Mm-hmm. Like, no, I just have a specific type of relationship with them. Yes. Like, and so I think it's the same. I'll, I know I'll keep coming back to it, but it's the same people centric thing right like of like just think about these people as are they your best closest most intimate friends are they acquaintances are they like fun friends like what are the people that are following you like what are they to you Mm -hmm. and then I think you'll also have an easier time being like okay these people are like for me with let's hang out I'm like these people are my like fun friends and so I'm fun friend with them you know and like I want to be there for them as much as I can but I also am only one person. And the more people start following you on social media, it can be exciting, but it can also be overwhelming Mm -hmm. because then those DMs that you love to see and you still do love to read them, you, it is time then Mm -hmm. to, to engage with each and every single one of them. So I think for you, like that was a good boundary to set Mm -hmm. of like, Hey, I'm going to share this on the podcast because for you, I think you really are talking about ups and downs Mm -hmm. and like to only talk about the ups right feels inauthentic to what you're doing as a show and who you want to be to your audience yes i'm so happy that you just said all of that because that is what i was like exactly what i was trying to say is that um it's i don't want to push and i don't think and i think you're the same way i don't want to push that narrative of be your most authentic self like that's how you post on social media do what feels good. Don't do like, you You know, like mm-hmm. you take the, those are all things that are good and you want to apply at times in your life. But by no means am I ever pushing positivity on anyone because I mm-hmm. of all people understand the downs of not even myself, but other people. Like I really have always been an empath of like, when people and you're the same way when people are going through it i like i'm like oh i feel it and i'm like i want to help you through it and you know just being a creative person you understand the human psyche in a different way than other people because we we feel like we 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 feel we feel a lot we, we feel, feel so much it's like too <laughs> we much we have so many feelings i mean we've already cried on this episode <laughs> oh my god i know what the hell so many feelings. It's fine, Jesus. It's fine. We talk about this a lot. Me and you were like, we're crazy. We have so many feelings. <laughs> Can they just stop? But it's true. Like it's it, it's the ups and the downs are super real. And um it's good to and I'm 
happy that we talk about both of them. Um, yes, for sure. Because, you know, I don't expect everyone to constantly be posting their authentic self, whether they're sharing good or bad things. Um, but it is good when you get to that point where it, it, it happens often. Exactly. Um, and it feels like as often as you can, mm-hmm. you are. Yes. Because, yeah, the more you can. Also, like if you're trying. Sorry, to, I'm like, if you are trying to be an online creator, that's the only way to not get burnt out. Yes, good. Like point. we um we talked to Amber Amber's closet. She's a YouTuber. Mm-hmm. And her biggest thing she said to us was like, "Yeah, you're going to create a persona, but like make sure that persona is you." Because like how exhausting would it be to be creating content every single day as someone who's literally not you? You're pretending every day because you think it's what someone else wants. Yes. That's so exhausting because it's already tiring to post content constantly. But like at least you're posting as you. It's it's a prime example of look at how many celebrities have complete mental breakdowns. Like I I was recently just watching the Demi Lovato um, documentary Mm -hmm. on YouTube, which I highly recommend because she is just so open and honest and vulnerable. It's it's really good. It's intense, though. Um, And it's like even the Britney Spears documentary, yeah. like it's like it's talking about how they were formed into this mold of what they're what they were supposed to be like as this pop star. And then they hit that point where they're like, and this happens to so many of them, like, I am not happy because I'm not being me. So mm-hmm. like your point right there is so is, is so important to do not allow like other external sources even if it is just worrying about what are people gonna think like no 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 just do not let that change who you are because you're gonna be miserable if you're yeah if you're posting this like fake version of yourself you know? yeah i'm like i've been doing less hangout for four years and like there's sometimes where i'm really really tired mm-hmm. but like it always it always feels fulfilling mm-hmm. like I never feel like, oh, I don't want to do this. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> and that's because, like, it's just me getting in front of a mic and talking to my friend, and it's nice, and, like, it gives me joy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Um, I wanted to go back to one more point that I think is important, and I just want to get your um, your opinion on. Um, yeah. You brought up when the social media starts, you do start getting that following, um, how do you suggest managing it in your everyday life? Because it is a second that, job. That is honestly a very difficult question. I think the most practical way I can say is if you can afford it, hire somebody else. Mm-hmm. If you can't, I would say the biggest thing is just like set boundaries. Mm-hmm. Like, set boundaries, set specific times where you're going to check. So like TikTok, I feel like is the biggest. So it's the biggest social media platform right now, but it's also the biggest way that people go viral. People have been going viral like pretty. I feel like if you're on TikTok and you're making decent content, you will go viral. I truly believe Mm -hmm. like at some point, if you're on TikTok and you're making something that you truly believe in, something will hit, something will go viral. And so, like, I had a viral video on TikTok and, like, my account blew up. And it was, like, 
a lot, like a lot of anxiety for me. And it was honestly like positive feedback. Like no one was being negative towards me. Yeah. It was just like every time, I mean, every time you look at your phone, there's more notifications. There's like more people to respond to. And for me, the biggest thing that I have a hard time setting boundaries with is like, hey, maybe you don't have to respond to every single comment. Yeah. Because like I said, in my mindset, every person is a person who's important. And I still truly believe that. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, also, I'm a person who's important. Yeah. And I'm a person who needs, like... And you're doing a thousand different things. To breathe. Mm -hmm. And, like, I would go on and I'd be on... I'd, like, be on TikTok all day. And I'm, like, I did nothing else. But, like, look at all the comments and be, like, thank you. Oh, you're so sweet and blah, blah, blah. And, yes, I think that's, like, valuable to connect with your audience. But, like, maybe you can find another way to connect with your audience that doesn't take up as much of your time. Maybe you decide, okay, hey, I I really care about these people. I want to connect with them let me go live once a week and it's like a schedule right it's like a time that you set aside for that social media interaction because it can be very easy to just be on your phone constantly yes and be like okay check check respond 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 Mm -hmm. now i try to do um I mean, I even took a break from TikTok for a while, like after I had that video. Yeah, I remember because you blew up and 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 it was just like, I mean, it was like a a singing video of mine. And it like, I mean, I'm proud of it, but it also was just like it was just a lot. Um, And I just had to sort of sit back and say, like, okay, like, what's really that important to me? And for me, it was my musical, Mm -hmm. which like I'm like, also why do I want followers? Like, it's also like reevaluating that to like, why do I want followers? And why do I feel the need to create this content every single day? Do I love it? Do I care about it? And like, that's the thing. So then I was like, I'm, TikTok is causing me more stress than it's causing me joy. So I'm going to stop it for a while. And now I've gone back and I've been like, you know what? I'm just going to make content that I like. And some of the videos barely get any views. And like, I don't really care because I'm just like, I'd rather be making things that I'm like, that was fun. And that gave me joy. than like try to recreate this like viral formula. Oh, I'm so happy that you said all of this. I'm, I really wanted to talk about this. And I think that because I see, I saw you before it all started. You starting, you like, I remember at the beginning of quarantine, literally the beginning of quarantine, you saying to me, I'm just going to make a bunch of TikToks. Like, that's like the new wave. Be like, that's what I'm going to do. I was like, oh, okay, go, you go, girl. I'm still in a, in a pool of depression, but you go, girl. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'm rooting for you. Um, and you you were going at it, you were going at it, then it all it all hit and I and I saw the anxiety and the stress and I was like, oh I feel yeah. anxious. Like and then I've seen you take the break and I'm like, yes, that that's yes. It feels and to be fair, like the people who I really intentionally engaged with when I went viral are still there Mm -hmm. and they comment on every single one of my videos and I still DM them. And so it's like the same thing where like the people who matter will stay Mm -hmm. and like I could create some bonds with them and that's great. And the people who don't like just don't. And like, yeah, I was really, I, I also am the type of person when I have a goal, I'm like, 
I just want to make this goal. Yes. And I was like, let me do everything I can to make the goal. And then like, and to be fair, like, I'm like, why did I want it? I mean, I want it because as a creative person, I want to be successful in my career because I'm happy creating things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Really, I want, I just, I hate capitalism, but like, <laughs> but like, I, I'm like, I, for my career, need people to care about what I do so I can keep doing it. Mm-hmm. But like, ultimately, do these people truly, like, do these, like, 20,000 people, truly all of them care, maybe not. And that's also fine. Right. Right. Like, so how can I focus on the people who do care? And like, I still have that. And so honestly, I'm happy I made that goal Mm -hmm. because now I feel like it is a bargaining chip for my career of like, hey, look at people liked me and paid attention to me. Mm -hmm. Like, and it is annoying in a creative field. I'm like, we won't go on to it. But like, you need audience validation to validate the product that you've created so you can keep creating it Mm -hmm. so like cool but also the stress of making one tiktok video every single day tiktok is so ridiculous the fact that it is and it is wild and it is cool to see that you can reach so many people and it is addicting addicting but it also is the expectation from creators right like every and if you're scrolling down your feed like every few videos it'll be like do you want more followers on TikTok? Here's yeah. how you do it. Yeah. Post three times a day, three pieces of content in one day. I know. Like that, we're, that is we're, if you have a t- team of people. Yeah. And also you still have to create the content. So let's say like I film three videos a day. Someone has to edit three videos a day. Like that is excessive. Yeah, and this is what we're breeding. We're breeding children to be TikTok makers at this point. It's, it is insanity. It, it, it is crazy to think about. I, yeah, I. And I really needed to get off the wheel. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm yeah. Quite glad I jumped off of that wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, And that's not to say, like, if, like, that's the thing. Like, if creating one TikTok a day is like truly fulfilling to you, honestly do it. Yeah. Yeah. I but mean that was for me, I was like, this feels disconnected. But you from but you from what I want to do. But you knew when it felt disconnected. Because I think yes. at first you were you were pretty excited to be consistent with it. And I was the, really excited. Yeah. And I and I that's where I think I sort of I started being excited. I started doing the things I love, which is singing. Mm-hmm. Like I love TikTok's duet feature. Because I could sing with like as many people as I wanted. Yeah. And it was so fun. Um, and it still is. And so like I love that collaborative aspect of TikTok. But then I feel like there got to be a point where I was just like, okay, I've created a lot of content and like people aren't paying attention to it. So what can I create? It, it, like exactly what I said earlier, I fell into. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I've done this for four years and I've been good about it. And now I'm on this new platform and the anxiety of it has created, like, I remember this is, I did, I was like, okay, one one a day to 5K. That was like my goal. Uh-huh. One video a day till I got to 5,000 followers. Okay. I remember there was a day, it was a gorgeous day in the summer. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to bring my guitar. I'm going to play some songs like oh, with the yeah. sky behind me. It's going to be gorgeous. Um, and I was sitting there making these TikToks in like the middle of a park with this like, it was a beautiful, beautiful day. I got up. 
I had grass burn on my butt cheeks. <laughs> and I literally was like, why am I doing this? Sweating your ass off. Like, I literally was like, what is wrong with me? I was like, why? Why do I need to be sitting out here creating content on a day where I honestly could just like relax? Relax. Enjoy. Yeah. Sit and have a picnic. Like you needed those 5,000 followers, man. And I mean, now I have way more than that. So oh, yeah, she I succeeded. Does. You did. You but, did. But it was sort of a wake up call for me of like, why am I really doing this? Yes. And like, is this necessary? Yeah. No, I think it's literally what you're saying. Create boundaries with. Yeah. I mean, boundaries in general are just in life are helpful, um, which is what I'm learning. Uh, <laughs> we're all learning it. I'm like, learning. that is, yeah. we are not taught to set boundaries until we we're adults. Oh, like, what the hell? hell? I know, <laughs> I know. I'm like, especially, I'm like, especially as women, we're like, be as accommodating as possible. Do everything for everyone else. Right. Like, you're like, oh. if someone asks you, you say yes. And now as an adult, they're like, why aren't you standing up for yourself? And why yeah. aren't you doing this? I'm like, oh, well, what am I? I don't know. <laughs> Why was I not taught how to do this as a child? Yes. I don't know. Uh, I completely agree with you. Um, but I'm happy that you you focus on setting boundaries with your social media platforms and knowing when to take a break and when and when it feels good and you're feeling fueled and you're liking what you're putting out there, go with that and yeah. And doing it and for, to the be right, fi- for, yeah. for the right reasons. To be fair, like all these platforms are built to be addictive. Right. So it's like I literally yes. feel like an addict sometimes. <laughs> I'm just like, I set a really good boundary with TikTok and then it like pulls you back in. Right. And like you, and then and it's and like, then you oh, relapse. I'm still here. Yeah, and I relapse. <laughs> and, you relapse. and then I'm like, Ellie, you did you shouldn't do this. And then I'm like, you're right. right. All right. And then I'm going to get my like 60 day chip and then I'm going like, to well, you know what I mean? Like, it is. It's it is difficult, but I do think it's worth it to set boundaries. Yeah. No, it, because I, you feel the difference. We talked about in the last the last or the episode previous to you, the scientific results like of how it is. A, it is an addiction. It is yeah. like literally the same as having an alcohol problem or a drug problem. Um, And so you're imagining children growing up with this addiction and it's like, how are they going to overcome that? It's going to be really hard. Yeah. It's already hard for me. I like, I can imagine, you know, like I didn't have a phone when I was younger. So, or this type of stuff, you know? So I, I don't know. It's, it's scary, but I, it does take strength to overcome addiction. So Yeah. But it, yeah. it is very similar to an addiction, which is crazy to think about. It's so crazy, but I can understand it. Mm-hmm. And I have an addictive personality. So I'm like, of course, this thing's like sucking me right in. Word. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Love the- I'm like, I'm not addicted to alcohol, but. But. Give me my TikTok. You know, my fix. <laughs> but, I, but I used to be addicted to alcohol and I replaced it with TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> in the my new drug of choice. My new drug of TikTok. choice. Let me just add that to the list. Sorry, mom. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's 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 crazy. But I I'm really happy with like what we talked about on this episode right now because I think that me too. You gave 
really, really good advice and insight on um, the positive side of social media, but also being really realistic at the same time, um, which I appreciate from you, Ellie. Thank you. My little elbow. Um, <laughs> what? Okay, two final questions. Okay. Um, okay, so f- for social media, what is your biggest overall advice that you would have to choose from our entire discussion if you had to like sum it up? Yeah. Um, For social media, I feel like my biggest advice is maybe two pronged. And um, I think I've, you know, I've said it a lot, but try to be as you as possible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Try to put people first and not numbers. Um, again, and I guess three. Um, it's okay. You can take three. We don't need one. <laughs> set, set boundaries with yourself and with your followers to maintain your mental health. Thank you. Yes, that was a great <laughs> summarization. It. And for you specifically in your social media journey, what are what are some goals that we can look forward to you completing? This year. Ooh, okay, that's a good idea. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so some goals, which I didn't really talk about this during um during your interview. I talked about it towards the beginning. Uh-huh. Like I said, the flame is my focus. So my big goal is to blow up the flame on social media in whatever way that is. Right now we actually have auditions going on on TikTok. Um, so you can sing our song maybe today <gasps> and you can audition for the ensemble. So good. Yeah, which is really cool. And I and I think like to go back, like that's the I wanted to focus. What are the things I love about TikTok? I love the collaborative aspects of it. Yes. I love that you can sing with other people. So like how can we help our how can we find our audience through people who love musical theater, mm-hmm. through people who want to sing with us, through people who really love the idea of a musical that centers around a lesbian love story? So my big goal is to like create a community now because I have a community for the Let's Hang Out is to create a community for the flame. And I'm going to be doing that through our TikTok, through our other social media channels um, and through our Patreon, which is like I feel like a paid form of social media. We mm-hmm. didn't talk about Patreon, um, but we use our Patreon for Let's Hang Out to create a, a social media community. Yes. So which that's my goal. And if people want to audition, the auditions are going on till May 1st. So they'll still be going on when this episode comes out. That is so awesome, Ellie. The it's audi- been so cool. Like we've had over 100 videos. Oh, my God. It is wild. Like and to hear people sing the songs that like we've been working on yeah. for months and we love. Like I think the music for the show is oh my- so it's so, so good. good. Can like, you just so sing, catchy, can so you sing singable. A little, a little bit of maybe today for us. Because it's so good. <sighs> if you want, yeah. <laughs> the song goes like this. Don't, don't, don't make, make me, me sing. sing. <laughs> it goes like this. <laughs> <laughs> maybe today I'll find the one. Maybe today my search will be done. She'll take my hand and she'll lead me away. Could be tomorrow or maybe, just maybe, today. Yay! Thank 
Bianca. <laughs> oh my god! Don't make me sing. Don't, Don't make me sing. See, I, I, I'm already fangirling it. I already know the word. You know the word. I, I know mean, the it's word. So, it's catchy. so catchy, and I do it. And I do have to give credit to Lee, who is the one yes. who wrote all of the music. So she's been writing all the music, and I'm producing all of it. And it is catchy. And this woman. I'm like, sorry, this is going to be my plug for the flame. But this woman has two children and a full time job. And she has written 18 songs, 18 original songs for a musical that are good. Like, <laughs> that are really good. And Lee is her co-host for Les Hangout. For yeah, Lee's my co-host for Les Hangout. So we've been working together for the past four years. And this is like our newest baby. So, I mean, yeah, the music's incredible. I would love to see more people singing our song. Like, Lee and I get so emotional. And that's why I say, like, I do love social media in in the ways that, like, our, we, like I said, we are, at this point, we're not nobodies anymore. So I have to keep, stop saying that. You, you ain't a nobody. But we're not nobodies anymore. But we are still bootstrapping it. Like, we are creating an audience for this thing from a smaller pool and we are hoping to get it to the masses because we think this thing is important for people to see and hear not because we are like we want a million followers for our ego like Hmm. we want people to sing the song this song is a song sung by a woman about another woman and like about like hoping for love in the way that like disney princesses have been hoping Ah! for love you know that like queer women have never gotten except for Elsa from Frozen but like she's not canon she's so not. but <laughs> are you crying Bianca? I'm literally crying again this is just it's been a long day guys but it's also been it's been just, good it's been good but yeah so that's my goal I know that was a long-winded goal but no. my goal is that people like there's a big social media movement for the flame people are singing the songs People are, like, tweeting about it. Like, people are watching together. Like, I want there to feel like there's a big social media community behind it as well. That's it. Gosh, this girl has me crying again. (laughs) Again. Um... Thank you. I, I, so we're going to see it. We're going to see it. Um, we are going to see it. We're marking it now. You said it. It's being said. I said it's it. put out there and we're all... Everyone check check up on the flame a year from now, and Ellie's gonna it's gonna blow up. I it's just gonna know it, it will. Um, Lee likes to say she's the lesbian Manuel Miranda. <laughs> oh my, God. that's hilarious. I mean, hey, yeah. hey, she could be can, this. This you can dream it. You can be it. Yes, exactly. Like this is this is big. This is it's it's really great. So. Well, in general, thank you for being on this sh- being on this episode. I, Ellie and I were like trying to figure out where to. Uh, we I wanted you to I wanted to interview you in some way, but this really was super perfect for you to be. This felt really good. Yeah. I think well because we were talking like, oh, what will this what will this month be? And you were like, oh, let's talk about social media. And I was like, oh, uh, I could talk, talk about, about it. social yeah, media. Yeah. No, and I'm really just the, the I I really appreciate having you on the show and in general I just I really appreciate you Ellie. Uh this podcast would not be possible if it weren't for you. You play such a major part in another project 
add it to the list of all the things you're doing, but you are a major part of why uh, Beautifully Nasty is able to be possible. So thank you, Ellie. You are my chosen family. Um, I love you so much. So thank you for everything. I love you so much too. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, last thing, um, just go through the social media stuff. since we're the whole episode is about since that. we're talking about social media and I don't care about followers but I do care about people so if you want to DM <laughs> me you can follow me and DM me and you're if you hear something you like I'd love to hear from you um so you can find me on all of the social media accounts at Ellie Brigida so that's TikTok Instagram Twitter uh Facebook is useless I don't use Facebook yeah, yeah. um same. So don't worry about don't worry about <laughs> Facebook. Um, and then for Les Hangout, it is Les Hangout Pod everywhere. And the Flame, if you want to audition, which we'd love to see your audition, it is the Flame Musical on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. So many things. So many things. So you better follow one. All of <laughs> at least one. All of y'all follow at least one. Um, yeah, that. Over and out. We're this is great in our in our we're out in our my bisexual ass in my in my lesbian gear. You're the you're the biggest one. Remember, I told you bees. Yeah, bees I, all the way. I just um I always I feel like I look more more and more queer every day. More and more, queer and I appreciate it. That that's from from the queerest. From the leader, from the leader of <laughs> from the, the queer, from the leader of the queers, um, you are very welcome. Um, I'm honored. It's the highest compliment. Whenever I tell someone you look gay today, it's like I, the nicest thing I could ever. It say. It was the first thing you you what or the first or second thing. Well, the first thing is yeah. oh my god, I just got out of the shower. Yeah, <laughs> I scared you. I just walked into her house. She was just getting out of the shower, naked. Cha- towel. I was not prepared. <laughs> and then she was like, "You you look." You look gay. You look really. You look really gay today. You look really gay. And today. I was like, yes, perfect for the episode. <laughs> Success. We're all we're all gay, guys. That's that's the, that's our final note. Love you, Ellie. Love you. <laughs> and that's a wrap for today. Wow, that was a good episode. Shout out to Ellie again, one last time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. She's she killed it. I'm really excited for the rest of the month. April how to love yourself in the social media age I feel like it's just it's just what we needed right now so I'm looking forward to sharing other guests with y'all and if you haven't please as usual like subscribe download review the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Follow us on social media, Instagram and Twitter, Beautifully Nasty Pod. And we just got our new website. So please check it out, www.thebeautifullynastypodcast.com. And follow me on Instagram if you want, Bianca Vitali with three E's underscore. You know where to find me. And let's all just have a great week, guys. We got this. Make sure, as usual, to love on yourself. And do something special for yourself. Treat yourself. Make yourself a good meal. Get a milkshake. Eat chocolate. Just whatever you do. Make sure to take care of yourself. And I will see you next week. Bye.